What is going on, baseball fans? Welcome back to the Turning 2 podcast. My name is Jack, joined here by Lorenzo, and we are on our third day of October baseball. Or second day, I mean the 30th, but September 30th is basically October. What are you talking about? Today's October 2nd. Yeah. Okay, I completely lost here. So it's our, it's the third day of October baseball, because I'm counting September 30th as oh. October. Do you know what months have 31 days? Because I have no idea. People always pull up that thing with their hands. They always do a stupid song. And yeah, I'm like, I'm what? <laughs> I don't know if I just didn't. Like, I never learned that, apparently. Or I'm just stupid, but it's like, oh, how many days are in September? And they start, like, counting on their fingers. And it's like, I, I'm just lost. I'm like, how the hell is that going to tell you how many days are in September? Use your goddamn Google Calendar app, guy. Yeah. <laughs> we got Siri. We got Siri now. It's the 21st century. Like, Siri's are you looking at your fingernails? Show. They're not going to tell you anything. Gross fingernails, not not a move. But not how you move. doing this morning, kid? I'm doing good. My Padres won last night in an insane game. We'll get to it. Um, so Your I'm, mental I'm health feeling was happy. on the line. It was on the line. I had the the mental facility on speed dial, and um, I was about to call nine one one. Luckily, the Padres won nine to eleven. Oh, that was smooth. Um, yeah, it was like. Four nothing Cardinals for early on again. We're gonna get to the game, but I texted Jack. I'm like, "Is your mental health okay?" And he just responded with one word. He was like, "No." And I was like, "I was a little worried about you." I was like, "Kids, kids." I was like, "Kids going through it right now." I just want, I'm if they lose tonight, they lose tonight. But I got to see the full Padres playoffs. Like, I don't want like two game sweep. You're not seeing enough. So we gotta see Tatis one more time. I gotta see a lot more of Tatis if I'm being honest. But so let's go Padres. Let's wrap it up tonight. But we'll get, we'll break down that game. But in fashion as we always do we're gonna go game to game so are you ready kid for the burns i'm ready you did good last time i'm see if we can keep the streak going Ooh, had a little frog in my front all right let's go the Braves sweep the reds and are moving on to the nlds with a 5-0 game two win it was another pitcher's duel to start luis castillo shoves five innings one five and one innings pitch seven earned runs but it's not enough because rookie ian anderson shows the reds what a true nightmare looks like by going six inning pitch nine strikeouts only giving up two hits marcel ozuna and adam duvall blow it open in the eighth both hit two home runs marcel ozuna pisses off the world with the best celebration of the day first postseason win for the braves since mr jack doyle was one years old and the Le- the Reds strand 13 runners on base. Tough series for the Reds. The Reds were their own nightmare. They were. Ian Anderson was their nightmare. He showed yeah. up. Kid kid was nails yesterday. He looked great. Yeah, the, this series to me is like next year. The series after this, so the, the division series, is really going to explain like what happened here. If the Reds were just horrible or if the Braves were really that good. Because the, no one thought the Braves pitching were going to do this, and they did it. So, I mean, if they can just continue this, then they're a real threat. Or it's just the Reds are just an abysmal hitting team. Uh, I think it's a little bit of both. I was impressed by Anderson yesterday, though. He looked, yeah. His stuff was electric. Yeah, he he looked great. Freed looked great, obviously. But, I mean, 22 scoreless innings. That's, yeah, that's like, insane. That's got to be some on the Reds. I will say, Luis Castillo... Um, sucks that he lost yesterday because his stuff is nasty he yeah, makes 98 mean, looks effortless and bauer they both pitched their heart out they were both great so it's if you're the reds you got to go back to the drawing board and be like what the hell happened because i am so happy that they're gone 
I am so happy. Yeah, I hate you, that team. Yeah, I'm, and a, really a lot of people picked them to go far, and they didn't we even did. score a run. We did, yeah. They couldn't score a run, and it's it's just the thing about the Reds that bothered me all season is that they had all this talent, and everybody kept talking about how it was going to pay off, and I never got on the bandwagon because if you don't, talent is one thing, but results are another, and they never gave us results. They got hot for two weeks, and everybody lost their minds. It's like, relax, yeah. this team sucks. Yeah, I mean, in a regular season, they they wouldn't have done anything. I mean, maybe they would have gotten hot later and just continued that, but they they can't hit. They can't hit. They suck. You got anything else on this game? Um, No, not really. I mean, Reds were their own nightmare, and if we can draw off the rails real quick, Go they're kind of they're kind of screwed for next year because their Ooh, moves didn't work it. out. And if Bauer leaves, I mean, they still got a good rotation, but their Cy Young is leaving, and they still didn't score a run in the playoffs. So not a good recipe for twenty twenty one. Oh yeah, well, this is gonna be the last time we talk about Bauer for the next for the rest of October because he's out. But did what did you think of Acuna versus Bauer post game? So for people who don't know. Acuna kind of just came at Bauer on Twitter. I forget exactly what he said, but he just was making fun of him on Twitter, and it was pretty funny. And Bauer came out with a tweet like, "Sorry, Braves fans, you don't seem to like me. Guess I won't be coming to you this off season." And I was like, "Uh, yeah, that's whiny." Yeah, I didn't really like that, and he especially he did the chop too. It's like he he asked for this, like he, this is his thing. So I don't know what really he was expecting. I don't get it either. So I'm kind of glad that Acuna told him. I have one final statement that goes to next season. If Marcel Ozuna gets thrown out by the Cincinnati Reds for pimping that home run, I will freak out because Trevor Bauer pimps every single pitch yeah. he does. And the Reds allowed it. He does the chop, and then he gets shoved right back in his face. So if they throw at him, I'm going to burn down the city of Cincinnati. I'll be so upset. Yeah, I— uh... The, the Reds got to do something in the offseason, and, I mean, they kind of they kind of got to keep Bauer, but it seems like he's going to leave because he wants to win, and the Reds literally didn't score in the postseason after he threw the game of his life. So it doesn't feel like there's good blood there. And then he goes around, he's on the, he's supposed to get a lot of money, and he's saying, like, oh, I guess I'm not going here. And I think he has to be careful because there's only a certain amount of teams that are going to sign him, and if he just keeps cutting them off the list, then... That is he, true. How many he might not, want? He, he might not get paid as much as he wants if he keeps this up. If you're not a contending team, why would you give Bauer a one-year contract? Yeah. What 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 effect does that have? So Trevor Bauer, San Diego Padre, 2021 is what I want to see because I think that'd be awesome. Mm. Um, you ready to move on? Yeah, let's go to the maybe no, not game of the day. It was a good game, game. though. White Sox says. I have the game of the day coming up, so you'll you'll find out what it mm-hmm. is. But the the Oakland Athletics knock out the White Sox six four, win the winner take all game three in a drama fest. Edge of the seat game. How long did this game go on for? Like four or five hours. It was a long one. Long one. And I can, you want to know why it was a long one? Because a combined seventeen pitchers were used in this game. The, re- the White Sox starter only was able to register two outs. He gets pulled. They go to the pen early. But Luis Robert murdered a baseball 487 feet for the second longest home run of the season. Only eight feet behind Acuna's 495. 
So the White Sox take a 3-0 lead early on, but the Oakland A's battle back until Chad Pinder seals the game with a two-run single. Mike Fiers only goes one in one and two-thirds innings pitched. Tim Anderson becomes the first ever player with nine hits in a first in his first three post uh post mm. game post season games. <laughs> Let's try that again. <laughs> and that's what happened in your Oakland Athletics games. It was just a pen fest. And now I have the stats for both bullpens. The Athletics pen went seven and one third innings, gave up seven hits, three earned runs, two walks, and five strikeouts. But the White Sox bullpen went seven and one third innings, six hits. Six earned runs, nine walks, seven strikeouts, and gave up a bomb. The nine walks is what caught my eye. Yeah, this was a a wild, messy game. White Sox used nine pitchers. White Sox kept having the bases loaded, um, or men on base, couldn't get it through. Some errors early. Uh, It was just, it was a lot. It was just like both teams were just throwing their bullpens out there. No one could really find the zone. And... The white, I mean, A's came out on top. So, um, I didn't get to watch a lot of this game live. Was the umpire squeezing the zone, or were they just wild? There's a lot of non-competitive pitches. Okay, because when I see nine walks out of a bullpen, that's that's just a gross watch. Yeah, there was a. I think there was a couple that probably boosted that, where it was a White Sox guy came in and walked like three in a row or two in a row. That happened a couple times. That's nuts, though. Nine yeah. walks in a game from a pen is not the recipe. I feel like this is a – the last runs were scored in the fifth inning. I feel like this is a game that, like, on paper, you're like, winner take all, six to four. What a dramatic game. It kind of seems like it was a slog fest. It was, yeah. The White Sox just couldn't get that hit. Yeah, it was like both – neither team wanted to win it. They were just like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yep, someone just had to go out and take it, and then – the Oakland A's get the win, but it seems like the White Sox kind of just kind of fell short. I think I believe it was four to four in the fourth, maybe, but it felt like the ninth inning. Like it was in a really intense game at that point, and the White Sox had already been like five pitchers deep, and then Sean Murphy hit a bomb, putting it to six to four, and then I think in the fifth inning the White Sox left men on base, and then it was just like uh, yeah, they're not gonna score. Yeah, that's like kind of how it happens. These playoff games, it's been like bottom fourth, and it's like nine to five, and it's like four hours deep in the game. And I'm like, oh my god, I'm gonna be here all night. And I love it. It's and this amazing. Is the, this is just the wild card. I mean, like when we get into Game Seven of the World Series this year, that that game's gonna be like eight hours long. We're gonna be here for a day and a half just on the podcast. Like, okay, it's the second inning. Quick, little hot takey radio question. As we've been, we're kind of on that. On that um grind lately of the you love your hot take radio questions. of the overreaction questions, with the Dodgers being a superpower and the Rays being somewhat of a superpower in the AL, do you think there's any chance if they don't play each other that the World Series goes to Game Seven, or do you think it's kind of set up for like a bashing? If the Dodgers play anybody but the Rays, get the hammer out. Mm-hmm. But if it's the Rays versus Dodgers, I think we could get a seven gamer. That'd be interesting. I think it'd be a terrible seventh game because all the pitchers would be shot. But yeah, you just see. I mean, you just see Kershaw probably coming out. Oh, I well, wonder if they actually, do that. There's, there's off days in the World Series, so I think we could have a real good series then. Yeah, that'd be insane. I, I honestly don't. This has nothing to do with the games today, but I, I don't like that matchup for the Rays. 
We're getting ahead of ourselves. We'll get there. We'll, we'll, get, <laughs> we'll talk about that when we get there. But you keep sleeping on Tampa Bay. I'm telling you, man. You keep I do. Sleeping. I am sleeping on them. You're, you're hitting the snooze button, and Tampa Bay fans are upset with you. All right, let's get to the game where Jack can take his pants off and get all happy because the box, <laughs> the Padres boom past the Cardinals 11-9 to to save their season. It was looking dull. The Padres lost their swag. Nobody knew what was happening, but then the face of baseball arrived with a bomb. Not just one, but two bombs. Gives the middle finger to the world with maybe the best bat flip in postseason history. Five RBI day, two jacks for Tatis. He had previously been 0 for 10 with runners in scoring position before he hit that free run bomb. Maybe he was feeling the pressure a little bit, but then he woke up and realized, I'm El Nino. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And just took over the game. Padres hit five home runs in total. Will Myers gets two bombs of his own, including an eighth inning jack to ice the game, which turns out he needed that. This is the first pair of teammates to both have two home run games since Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig did it. Tommy Pham with a four-hit day. Manny with a bomb. Fourth time this season that Manny and Tatis went back-to-back. That's nuts. Wainwright only goes three and, three and one innings, three and a third innings pitch, gives up six hits. Two runs. Goldie with a big home run in the ninth. Colton Wong with a bomb in four RBI day. Harrison Bader has two RBIs, but the Cardinals leave runners on base in the ninth to lose the game. Tatis had a big error to give allow two runs to score. Cardinals hit two back-to-back sack flies and maybe the most St. Louis Cardinals thing of all time. Mm-hmm. But still, not enough. Padres are swagging again. Cardinals are stressing about it, and we got a winner-take-all game for you today. This was definitely game of the day. Um, the story is just Tatis. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he had been he has gotten a few hits, but this series, when there's men on base, he had just not gotten it. He starts this game with two strikeouts, one of the most unluckiest strikeouts I've ever seen. But then he gets struck out on free pitches. Yeah, that was bad. But the first time he like did this check swing where the ball barely hit his bat, and it just ricocheted randomly into Yachty's glove, and it's like that is that sucks. I've never seen that before. Tip but your yeah, cap then, to Yachty on that play, because how many catchers make that snag? Yeah, I mean, I think he didn't even move his glove. I think it was just luck, but his glove was in the right spot, I guess, and he's good. Try so. holding on to that. Yeah, that's that's tough. Um, then he goes down on three pitches. That's rough. Then comes back and hits two home runs, and has the best bat flip. I've seen since Jose Bautista, so. So, it was 5-1 to one Cardinals, then Tatis comes up, and honestly, the Cardinals looked like a dead team walking. They looked like the Astros in a way. They had no life. They were just, like, punching the clock, going up to the plate, one, two, three, sit down. That's what happened. Or they just get two runners on every inning and strand them, strand them. Yeah. So, it felt like, it felt like that, that death in Padres land. Like, there was no hope. He just needed that one swing, and then as soon as Tatis connected on that free run bomb, and he started hyping up the dugout, I was like, "It's feasting time." Mm-hmm. The, the, the Padres remembered who they were, and that was key. Yeah, the, every player that needed to wake up—I mean, Myers, Tatis, and Machado—have not been having productive at bats, and then they hit five home runs. Come behind in that game. Five home run. Will Myers, no batting gloves, just doing it. Two dingers. That ninth inning home run is so big. That eighth, eighth inning home, bottom yeah. of the eighth uh, home run. It was what nine to nine to eight at that moment. Yep. Nine to eight, and then Will Myers comes up and hits a bomb dead center, just bomb. two run bomb. 
And it turns out they need it because first pitch of the next inning, Trevor Rosenthal gives up a jack to Paul mm-hmm. Goldschmidt, makes it 11-9. to And then he puts the runners on. Jack was having a heart attack, stressing out, but he's able to work his way out of it. But if you're a Padres fan and we're going into game three today, which, you know, we got a little bit of ahead of ourselves, you should not be super confident because who's going to pitch today? Yeah, I, I don't even know. I mean, we're not super deep into the Padres bullpen world, but I do not know who's going. And the only thing you can say is right in the hype and the bats got to score 10 runs again. Yep, because, yeah, the Padres scored 11, but they gave up 9, and they gave up 7 the day before. Mm-hmm. So Cardinals are averaging 8 runs a game this series. So Padres, you're going to have to put up 10. Did you That's... do that math in your head? Yes. That was good. Thank you. That was impressive work. <laughs> Thank you. I can do simple division. It's kind of my biggest flex. <laughs> but that that's a big takeaway for me. Another thing that I want to emphasize from this game is that it was not all good for the Padres. I'm being a little bit of a hater here, but Tatis, you got to be more responsible at shortstop with that throw over. He had a throw earlier in the game. Yeah. And he skipped to Hosmer, and Hosmer had to make a great great pick at first base and then he throws the ball in the center field puts the runners on second and third and if you give the cardinals a chance to be a pro team that's what they're gonna do that's all they do they're just professionals out there so he's got to calm down a little bit i love the energy and it's needed because this cardinals team is this uh padres team feeds off of him but sometimes in the field you gotta you're a rookie you gotta let your emotions yeah. level out make the easy play don't you don't got to dive and then try to fire it. Maybe hold on to it. Eat it. That play's tough. He's, I mean, it's one inch from going in his glove, and he's turning the best double play we've seen, and he kind of fumbles it. I don't even know if he would have been – it would have been a great play. I think he still would have been safe at second from what I saw, but you, you kind of got to eat that. But also, like, this is Tatis. I don't know if you can really tell him to, like, don't – to not do that because that's what this team is built on. So – I'm kind of torn whether it's like he's got to calm down or that's just no one's perfect and he's going to do that a little bit, but he's also going to make good plays and hit two home runs. Oh, yeah. It's tough to like tell Tatis not to bring the energy because you need that energy. But in the field, man, you can't make mistakes against this Cardinals team, especially if you're pitching. They're not going to be able to pitch you out of it, so you got to be A+. And sometimes, man, you just got to eat it. And he just tried to do a little too much on that play. Which, well, yeah. It's hard not to when you just hit two bombs and the world you set the world on fire. So it's hard not to just be like, I am, I am God. That that play before that you were talking about where he skipped it to first, I thought that was the end for Tatis. I mean, luckily Hosmer picked it, but I was like, oh, he just struck out on three pitches and then he made that that rough play. At the, on, I mean, that's a routine play and he almost threw it away. It's like that. I'm I'm concerned, but then he says, nope, come back to to hit two home runs. His defense at shortstop is good, not great. And that's something I think I'm rapidly finding out. Yeah, I'd have to look at, like, the stats. Because, I mean, he, he makes really good plays. Like, he makes the superstar plays, but I'd be interested to see what his, like, his numbers are. Yeah, because I, when I watch him play, I'm, like, I'm always a little bit nervous. He has a cannon, and I think with time, as time goes on, he'll get better and better. But right now, he's just a little jittery over there. Like, yeah, I mean, he's 21, too, so. Exactly. It's fair. But those two run bombs. And then that bat flip. I got to talk about that bat flip, man. 
He pimped it. And we were talking about this in our pregame notes, man. It it didn't get out by all that much, but it, that bat flip was still the sexiest thing I've seen in a long time. Yeah, he, I mean, he, he, made, he made the most of that home run. I mean, that oppo field liner, that kind of... Wall scraper. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a couple feet over a wall scraper, but, like, ooh, that's... I, luckily, he bat floats because... I was going to be like, that's an out, that's an out, that's an out. But he f- threw the bat, and I was like, okay, you got it. The ball just kept carrying. I was like, oh, it's gone. It's gone. He took about five seconds before he started running. It was beautiful. Boomers were furious. They hated everything about it because Tatis is just giving the middle finger to old school baseball, and I love it. It's nice. It's really love to see it. I mean, we the Cardinals can't come out and hit him, right? They can't in a postseason no. game. Maybe next season we have this, but I really don't think. When I, I was I watched the uh, replay back several times, no Cardinals player like stared at him. Yeah, which I mean, luckily, it wasn't like anyone was like. I look back, the pitcher didn't give a crap. None of the Goldschmidt on first base didn't look at him. They were all just kind of like hanging their heads. So I truly doubt there's anything. I think we're, I'm hoping we're past that, or we're starting to get past that. I think the whole the Frio Grand Slam thing kind of ignited this whole. Hey, it's a new wave of baseball. Just let them play. Let the kids play. Because yeah. Marcelo Zuna, who's a respected veteran, is out here taking selfies <laughs> on the baseline. So that, I'm hoping that, that, that was more insane. So who gets the selly of the day? Tatis for the bat flip, second home run, fu to the Cardinals, or Marcelo Zuna taking a selfie halfway down first baseline after a two run jack? I gotta go Ozuna because I've never seen someone stop. Before, like the, he stopped running, and pretended to take a selfie. I mean, that's that's a little disrespectful. I love it. Yeah, I'm gonna go Ozuna mostly because I expect it from Tatis. I don't expect it from the Big Bear, Mister Pitcher. Yeah, show up. dripping like, swag. It'd be like if David Ortiz just stopped and started doing a salsa midway up the first baseline. You'd be like, what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was beautiful. Someone right. compared him to David Ortiz yesterday. And I was offended at first, but then I was like, no, I see it. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to compare anyone to Ortiz because he's just, like, he's big poppy. He's just, like, a mammoth that just hits bombs. We're also Red Sox fans, and David Ortiz is basically our father. Yeah, but, I mean, like, the only comparison is really, like, Nelson Cruz. Because, like, Ortiz, he was a DH. Like, he literally didn't, he had no defensive ability. So, that comparison's tough. It is, but I still love you, poppy. Um, are you ready to move on? Yeah, I'm. Tr- I'm trying to deep dive into um, defensive stats because I it's it's so hard to look at defensive stats and not and know what it is before What's you like war? compare What's it. Fernando Tatis Jr.'s WAR two five two five. Okay, which is good. Well, I'm trying off- to look at his offense was good, but not like great. He made three errors. So I'm trying to figure out if that's where that like, three hours and sixty games. You project that over a hundred and uh, one hundred sixty-two game season. Off the top of my head, that's seven and a half, eight errors. That's what my sounds right brain to me. Yeah, math, my rough a, brain math would say. Okay, so he had like a nine eighty-five fielding percentage. Then I looked up Lindor. He has a nine nine five. Yeah, Tatis. He, I feel like he's just more prone to. That jittery mistake. Which yeah, is fine. Yeah, he's young. He's young. Yeah, he's, he's young. But um, I do think he's a good defender, 
but I feel I don't know. I could maybe see him moving to like third at some point. I think he just tries to do a little too much. Like he, that's why he makes those flashy plays. He's always like yeah. on edge, ready to do something. Like when he'll like he'll double pump a runner and then just fire at ninety seven miles per hour mm-hmm. over there. And I'm like, you don't really need to do that. That if if you've played baseball, like you know that the just that like that jittery feeling. You've explained it really well, where it's in just that double pump, and then you just try to fire it as fast as you can, and you just sail it like that. It's just so natural to do when you're a little scared. Exactly. So, like, that's what definitely I saw last night, and I saw in game one for the Padres and Tatis. I think they were a little frightened, and I'm hoping that the home run by Tatis last night and then them coming out of it, that's why I knew. Once they got one, it was game time because they were all tight. You could sense it. They were all scared. Like, not scared, but they definitely were feeling the first postseason experience. And then you're going against a Cardinals team who has more experience than anybody with Molina, Wainwright. They just, they've been doing it. And so they're not going to lose the game. You're going to have to win it. That's that's one thing I can always know about the Cardinals. They're never going to, like, do something stupid to cost them the game. You're going to have to go out there and take it, be aggressive. And they, the broadcast, uh, one time I agreed with an ESPN broadcast, even though those <laughs> announcers were terrible last night. Yeah, that's horrible broadcast. Get Don Orsillo calling. Come on, how do we not get any energy when Tatis just hits two home runs? Nothing. And but, they they play the favoring game so hard. Like they were all on the Cardinals, and then the Padres started winning, and they were like, they, it was like nine to six, I think, at one point. And the the guy was like, "Pack your bags for tomorrow. I think we're gonna see another game." And it's like, it's it's like the seventh inning. Like you can't say that. And if they mentioned their basement one more time, I was going to lose my yeah. my crap. Like, we're in our basements. Congratulations. No one cares. Yeah. Um, wow, broadcast crew is terrible. Come on. Get Trevor Plouffe on ESPN broadcast. That's what I want to say. Mm-hmm. Replace Trevor Plouffe and Don Orsillo. I'd be so fire. I would die <laughs> for that. It'd be nuts. But um, I forget where my point was going with this. Oh, well. We'll move on because I yeah. don't remember. All right. We did enough on the Padres. Let's talk about their number one rival and potential NLDS matchup. Whoever wins the Cardinals-Padres game today is going on to face the Adelaide Dodgers who just swept the Milwaukee Brewers as Kershaw exercises his postseason demons. Dodgers win game two, three to nothing. Kershaw, eight innings pitched, 13 strikeouts, only one walk. His curveball was working. His swag was working, and he looked calm, cool, and collective. Kershaw with a big start, and Dodgers fans around the world take a deep breath after Walker Buehler only goes four innings game one. He has emerging blister issues, but now they got their ace again. That's got to feel good. Dodgers are terrifying. Mookie Betts with two RBIs. He's Fortnite dancing. He's flexing on all of us, and I I hate it, that smile. It's that damn smile, man. It gets me every mm-hmm. time. hate it. Woodruff was nasty early, though. It was a tight shutout game, but Craig Counter leaves him in a little too long, in my opinion. He gives he has nine strikeouts, gives up three earned runs. Hader comes in, goes one and two third innings. He strikes a couple guys out, but they needed to go to Hader a batter earlier. They left Woodruff in there a little too long as he gets shelled once he starts seeing that lineup a second and third time. Yelly and Belly go combined one for nine yesterday. I thought that was noteworthy. Christian Yelich goes 0 for 4. 
uncompetitive at-bats and brings the season the end a close to his season in what maybe was the most disappointing season by an MVP like a, an MVP candidate I've seen in a while yeah he I mean he doesn't even look like a good baseball player out there I don't know like that's pretty harsh that's pretty he, that's pretty hot take radio stuff right there but when you saw him last year you were like scared he I've seen Bauer threw a pitch to him on the last game, second to last game of the year, where it bounced so far ahead and he swung. Today, Kershaw bounced a ball and he swung. Like, just not, he doesn't even look good. Like, there's no part of his game. It's like, he's out there in left field. He looks so skinny and, like, just like he's playing the game. He's not dominating like he was last year. It's really weird. For Christian Yelich, it's, for honestly, it's 60 games, man. Your Brewers team, they backed into the playoffs. They nobody had gave him a chance to win this series. It was obvious they were gonna lose. They put play, they're playing maybe the most dominant team we've seen in base the past twenty years of baseball. So if you're the Brewers and you're Yelich, literally for a race this season from your mind, go home, take a couple weeks off, get back in the cage and figure out what the hell did you do in 2019 that worked. Do that and just whatever you did this year, never think about it. Get it out of your mind. Chalk it up. Weird year, weird season. But Christian Yelich, you got. Let's see if he's able to come back next year. But yeah, the, just forget the, about this. Yeah, I think he's incredibly happy. His season's over. For sure. Some something was probably up. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a headline that he's getting surgery or something. Something happened with his family, and just weird to see someone just be so good and then just forget how to be great. So very interesting. I think in the off season we definitely have to talk about the NL Central. And what what the hell is going to happen in 2021 with them? Because that's going to be wild again. It is true. The, the Centrals this year, really disappointing. The AL Central, all three teams, after battling for like the number one seed all season long, none of them got it past the wild card round. Yeah, <laughs> wild. Insane. Uh, I think they went, what, quick math, top of my head, they went one for six in the postseason. Yeah, White Sox won a game. That's it. Nuts, man, nuts. And we were over here saying, like, oh, it's... I think that's what happens when you have those really competitive divisions, though. They usually they beat up on each other so much. If the Cubs lose today, that means every NL Central team, NL and AL Central team, lost. The Marlins are an NL Central team, though. No, they're East. I'm so stupid. You're <laughs> right. Go Marlins. That's a great stat. That's wild. At... That'd be amazing. The central region is just trash. If if the Cubs lose, then going way ahead to 2021 season, it's like, who's the favorite? They all sucked. They all suck. You love off-season pod topics. I do. I love the off-season. We're in the middle of a middle We're of in the middle of the postseason, though. Yeah. All right. Last like, game. Of, oh, that was the last uh, game. That was the last game, but I had a couple Dodgers questions. If you don't have mm-hmm. any points that you want to get to. Uh, my first one being... Has this was this series enough for, for you to be like the Dodgers thing is gone? Like, are you confident now that the Dodgers is just gonna roll? They handled their business. They weren't dominant. Um, but a postseason win's a postseason win, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that they did what they're supposed to do. You can't really say like, oh, they only scored a couple runs. Milwaukee's pitching was pretty good. I mean, they didn't give up that many runs. Um, but their pitching, the Dodgers pitching was insane. 
I'm kind of, I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence, but they didn't, their offense didn't look as dangerous as it should be. But I think with better competition, they'll show up more. Like if they play the Cardinals or Padres, I'm sure they'll they'll come out and just start hitting bombs. I'm uh, reluctantly, not yet. I need one more series win. If they go out and they handle yeah. business in the NLDS, I'll be confident in them. But they got bounced in the NLDS last year. They did. You got to show me something. I think that the Cardinals have a better chance of beating the Dodgers. Just, yeah. I think that the, again, the Cardinals won't lose a game. And it, they'll be they'll be in it and they'll force the Dodgers to execute. And I think that's when you get more of a chokey choke from the Dodgers. This, I'd be interested to see what Dodgers fans are thinking because it, the Padres have the energy. If, if Especially if Clev and Lamette, it'd probably just be Lamette, but if they could have them back, then I think the Dodgers are scared. But as you said, the Cardinals know how to play baseball just really well, so that could be scary. But also, they got swept last year by the Nats in the second round. Just They lost four in a row, just boom, done. That's true, that's true. But the Nats were a team on a mission. Maybe it's the true. Dodgers are a team on a mission. I think Padres-Dodgers is more entertaining. I think mm-hmm. Cardinals have a better chance than the Padres of actually beating them because the Padres don't have yeah. pitching right now. So Padres Padres Dodgers could be a could be a four game sweep or three game sweep. Yeah, it could be it could be a whacking of the year. Yeah. Which maybe's good, maybe's bad, but that's tough. And that wraps up game day three of playoff baseball, man. Today we got two games going. We got the delayed Marlins Cubs game two. Marlins a chance to sweep them, move on to the DS. And then we Go got Marlins. game three. Jack is already lazering himself in lube for the Padres <laughs> Cardinals game three tonight. Seven oh eight first pitch. Let's go, Padres. I'll be wearing my Tatis jersey. I'll be Jack wearing one Flaherty. sock. Jack Flaherty's going tonight. Jack's distant relative, mm-hmm. basically. That's a lie, but it could be Essen- if you shared the same name. Yeah. Essentially. If we piece it together. But he's going against the Padres. And I'm a little torn because I love Flaherty. So, I don't think he shows today. I don't think he does. I'm going to clip that. So when Jack Flaherty goes seven innings pitched, it does. <laughs> Dust Tatis on every curveball. I'm gonna send it to him and be like, "If you if Tatis daddy. is batting leadoff again, Tatis Flaherty to open the game. I mean, come on, that's Did he amazing. Bat, he didn't bat leadoff yesterday. He bat the two hole. Oh, game one he batted leadoff. So we'll see what they do. Yeah, we'll see what they do. But give me Tatis versus Flaherty. Clip it. Prediction: Flaherty gets him every time. Mm, I I could really see it both ways. I mean, if Tatis goes off today, then it's like, oh my god. Because, like, yes. he already had his game. Like, someone else got to step up. Unless Tatis is just, hop on. Hop on my yeah. back, Padres Nation. I'm going to carry you to the promised land. But that wraps us up. We'll be back tomorrow with another daily podcast, wrapping up day four of the postseason. There's no games this weekend, right? Unless the Cubs win today, then they'll play their game through on Saturday. But other than that, no games Saturday, Sunday. So we're going to bring you day four of wildcard coverage tomorrow. Then we'll give you an episode previewing the ALDS. We'll give you an episode previewing the NLDS. Maybe we'll combine them. Who knows, depending on how I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. So get ready. We're going to have a bunch of podcasts coming out this weekend to make sure you guys get all your baseball content. Even when the games aren't being played, we're working. So make sure you follow us on Instagram, at the Turncube Podcast. On Twitter, at the Turncube Pod. Live tweeting highlights. We are a Padres fan account right now. So if you love the Padres, make sure you follow us there. 
subscribe on spotify apple Podcasts, leave a rating and that's all i got for you guys today we'll see you tomorrow go padres <laughs>